0: Let's Talk HR is a place for HR professionals, business owners, and employees to come together and share experiences, talk about what's working and what's not, how we can improve best practices so that companies can better attract, train, and retain all generations of workers. We all know that there has been a huge shift in what people want. Generations are coming together more than ever on what's important. Mental health has been brought to the forefront of everyone's mind. Let's humanize these conversations. Let's talk about how the economy has been impacted and what needs to happen to find a balance. I'm your host, Leon Lovely. So let's get this conversation started. And remember, if you enjoyed this episode, follow us, like us, and share us. Welcome to another episode. I am thrilled that today I have the opportunity to interview Brian Herzig with Vaco. It is a rare opportunity that you get to interview your boss. So I'd like to introduce Brian. After a short time in local news, Brian spent 13 years helping a small family business double its client reach and improve its operations. Since 2013, he has been working with companies in Wisconsin, finding them the talent they need to grow. As the managing partner of Vaco in Wisconsin, he has had the opportunity to take his team's surgically effective approach and use it to assist clients in both the greater Milwaukee and Madison area. Brian, thank you so much for being here today. I'm I'm really excited. This is a rare opportunity because I actually get to interview my boss. I mean, how could that be, you know, any more exciting, right? So thanks for being here. Thanks for
1: having me, Leanne, and that that introduction was fantastic. I will try not to let you down. <laughs>
0: Perfect. Thank you. So you are the managing partner of Vaco in Wisconsin, which staked their flag here um, not too long ago. Tell me a little bit about that.
1: So this is going to be a story of ridiculously horrible timing. So I I accepted a role to open up this office with Vaco back in 2019. And I had a years long non-compete with my former company. So I couldn't actually open the office or do my job here in Wisconsin. So I basically was was sitting on the bench for a year. So if you can picture what happened between 2019 and 2020, we launched this office just as the entire world was shutting down, April of 2020. And I was just, oh, I was praying, God, please don't let Vaco change their mind about opening this office. Oh my goodness, what are we gonna do? But it ended up, up, it worked out perfectly. Vaco never even thought twice about opening up the office. I got to plant the flag here. I had a really great partner with me to do the recruiting as I tried to make sure clients still remembered who I was after a year. And I I guess it taught me, Leanne, and I think people should understand this, play the hand you're dealt, play it as well as you can, like there are no excuses, and then just see what happens. And that's that's what happened when we planted the flag in April of 2020.
0: It's it's such an amazing story because... I think there were so many of us who were in the same boat of oh my gosh are our clients going to remember are our customers going to remember that you know at one time we we did business right we did we we all came back strong and I think that everybody was raring to get back in contact with each other and now you have you've re- really built a pretty amazing team you know, and and here I'm boasting about this amazing team. I'm part of it. So of course I'm gonna be biased on this pretty amazing team because I'm you know, I'm awesome. I'm part of the- no okay.
1: Anyways. So <laughs> We became awesome right. after you the team.
0: Right, That's right. That okay. I'm pretty sure you were awesome way before I joined the team. But so you know, how did you I mean you you obviously have an a, a awesome background. You you started, you know well, you, you spent some time in, in local news and how did you find your path to be at Baco?
1: So the way I found my path was a very rocky and bumpy way to find my path. It was not a straight line. So like you alluded to, I, I graduated from college and I was, I was a news reporter. I, I did the news in small markets here in the state of Wisconsin. And then back in 20, 2000. Oh, my gosh, it's been 20 years. So back in 2000, I left the news and I moved back to Phoenix. I worked for my family's business. So I worked for a small business. You work for a small business, Leanne. You wear a lot of different hats. You sweep the floors. You sign the checks, whatever you need to do to get get the job done. There I learned quite a bit. You know, you're working for your family's business. You're in charge of sales. You're in charge of payroll, all of these things. But I also was shielded. From, from the outside world, because I was working for my family's business. So I had this false sense of confidence um, leaving my family's business. I, I thought nothing could go wrong simply because nothing had gone wrong. And then I opened up another business. And that uh, that's where I learned the school of hard knocks, where I wasn't destined for success just because I've had some. You've constantly got to rethink how you're doing things, constantly be learning. And I, I lost that. And so the, the, the business that I started, uh, it didn't go well. And so um, that business closed and I'm married. I have a baby on the way and a baby already born. And I'm looking at my wife thinking, what are we gonna do? And I had the opportunity to work for Robert Half here in Wisconsin. And I, no one wakes up or no one is born saying, gosh, I wanna get into staffing. That doesn't happen. We usually find ourselves drawn to it because we knew people in the business. And that's where I was, I knew somebody. My cousin, who was my best friend, used to work for Robert Half, introduced me to some people there and it just organically grew. And that's how I ended up finding my way into this business. And thank God it's been a, a really good decision. What I learned Leanne is when you're down and you failed, Success is only a couple of good decisions away. You don't have to have a streak of awesomeness. You just need to take a couple right steps and things will start to go in your direction.
0: You said some some pretty profound things in there. It's only a couple steps away if you take the right steps. And right now, during what we've experienced, we are seeing so many businesses thrive, and so many businesses fail because we are at the threshold of a major cultural shift. And people want more from their from their employers. They want more from their life. And you have managed to create a culture. Vaco has managed to create a culture where employees want to be. And so that really brings me to my next question. Through your life experience, you have... I mean, I've only been with Vaco a short period of time. I've only been working with you for a short period of time. But there has never been a, a an organization or a company that I have joined. And it was almost immediate from the, the first conversation that you and I had. There was a mutual respect in that conversation. Um, you There was no arrogance in, hey, I'm interviewing you and you know, you, you need to give me this. It was a mutual respect and hey, this is what we want from our, our employees. This is what we'll give to our employees if they're successful. How, you know, from your life experience, how have you developed that managerial style, the philosophy that you bring to the company and, and, and again, how has Vaco raised you up to be able to offer that type of culture that you offer to your
1: employees? Those are some really good questions. So I'll start with the last one first. Sorry, I do so, that. <laughs> no, it's perfect. So so VACO means to free yourself. It's Latin, it means to free yourself. And what VACO is looking for and employees very often are people that play this staffing game the way that the founders of the company played it. And what I mean by that is we, Don't just say that we value relationships. We actually do value relationships. So I told you when I interviewed you, when we talked about working here, I said, I already know you're good at your job. I can see it by looking at your resume. I can understand it by talking to you, but you'll earn my trust when I see you tank a deal to preserve a relationship. When you back away from a payday because you recognize it's not the right fit on both sides. That's the freedom Vaco offers you. Yes, we have to put up numbers. Yes, we have to close deals. But if you look at everything on a long continuum, a long timeline and everything that timeline is a relationship, transactions happen throughout that timeline. It's not a one thing and then it's done. If you look at it like that, take some of the pressure off and it puts things in perspective. So that's how Vaco elevates you. You know, they off they, it means to free yourself and they, they mean that. Um, as far as my managerial style, I have a philosophy on life. I have philosophies on multiple things, and I probably bore all of you with quite a bit of them, but as managerial style goes, a lot of people say things like, life begins outside your comfort zone. I don't buy that. That doesn't sound like a comfortable life. Life begins for me, in my view, when you can be your authentic self, no matter where you are, at home, at work, out with friends, at church, at your kid's school, wherever you are, you don't have to remember how to act, you can be you. And so when I'm trying to bring people into my my work, into my office, I recognize that I wanna know the person, bring their whole selves to work and realize that my success and his or her success are intrinsically tied together. So if we're not comfortable in that relationship It's going to fail or it's going to end. I want it never to end. I want people to retire with me here. So that's why I come with bring your authentic self, try to be yourself wherever you are. That way work doesn't feel like this massive shift from go from being weekend Leanne to work Leanne. You're the same. It doesn't feel that drastic of a change from Sunday nights to Monday morning. That's important to me. And I, I hope that answers your question.
0: It it absolutely does. And it's so, it, you know, and this is something that I obviously throughout my, throughout the entire time that I, every time I talk with somebody, I'm always talking about the idea that people are incapable or I shouldn't say incapable. People shouldn't have to walk into their business, drop their baggage at the door and then go and do their job. And if you ask them to continuously do this every day, eventually they are going to fail. Or eventually they are going to suffer from some type of mental health issue. Or they're they're just not going to be able to to function at a high level for a long period of time. It's not sustainable. And I talk about this nonstop. And for me to, to stumble into... A role where I have a manager uh, you know who has the identical philosophy of being able to be your authentic self all the time and again when I first joined you know Vaco and I first I was nervous of okay this is what he says he is now let's see if it really is and I came to you and I said here's my podcast I'm gonna launch this and you listened to the my little five-minute promo and I said okay what are your thoughts on this? And you were like, this is awesome. I'm so, I'm, I'm so proud of you. And I'm like, wow, you're, you are, you're, yeah. Okay, great. You're going to support me on this. And of course it's nerve wracking for somebody who I lived my entire life pretending that I didn't have, you know, a mental health disorder pretending that. And again, I don't think that, you know, I'm a scary person. I don't, Struggle the way that I used to, uh, you know, but you were 100 percent on board and supportive. And I went, oh, okay, well, that was easy that there's no scary bear here. You know, I'm uh, he he's completely supportive. And the entire Vaco, I've never had anybody go, oh, should we not have her? I mean, do we want Vaco to be attached to somebody who's going to talk about these kinds of things? Yet there are employers out there. Who would say, "Nope, you can't have these conversations. We don't want to have that attached to our name. What if one of our clients doesn't agree with it? I mean, if you don't like me, don't do business with me. There is plenty of other business out there to be done. Mm-hmm. And, and that, I think, needs to be that—that that needs to be the way that things are now, because people can't pretend to be something they're not." And it's very clear that, that you s- not only say that that's how you are, you stand for that. Have you always had this philosophy? When was that moment where you said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run my office like this?
1: Yeah, Leanne, it was when I joined Vaco. When I, Vaco and I started dating basically six months before I accepted the job or was offered the job. And in the very beginning i was i was very happy where i was i had a great job i worked for a great company good people on my team i was, I was happy so when Vaco first knocked on my door i didn't i didn't answer it. it took a while but about a month later they knocked again and so i i responded and I knew some people who worked here at vaco someone very dear to me heads up the arizona office so i called him and i asked his advice and he told me that about the opportunity and tell me what a great opportunity this was. And so I still trepidatiously, I, I, I went along and started talking to them some more, a little bit more depth about what they wanted to do here in Wisconsin, a little bit more about what Vaco is all about. And then I think it was five months after we first started talking, I finally went down to Nashville to interview with all of the, the, the C-suite, all the people that at the mothership that make Vaco run. And by the time I left that meeting, I was pleading in my head. I was pleading with God, please hire me. I want this job so badly. I wanted so badly to join Banco." What they opened my eyes to was the way I was doing things before. I didn't have to always do them that way. There are different ways to do this job. There are different ways to engage in commerce. There are different ways to open up your business world and serve your clients. And I wanted in, I wanted a part of it. So they, the Vaco culture, the Vaco mantra, it, it empowered me to be able to um, look for people that play this game the way I do you, Mike, Kelly, Amy, bring you all in um, and just let you go. Be free to go do what you need to do. One of the things we say around here, Leanne is work hard and stay free. If you understand that, you don't need a manager. What you need is someone that can solve problems with you as they arise. There was something you said that was really, it's enlightening. And it's, I think we should talk about it a bit. When you met me after we talked at first, when we first started at Baco, you said, all right, he said these things, but did he mean them? Is he going to back them up? Mm-hmm. And isn't that how all relationships start? Isn't that how it always is? People chat. Are they full of it? Is it real? What's sincere? What's authentic? what's real, if you're coming from your authentic place, you're being the best version of yourself, you're being who you are, you never have to remember what you said. You never have to remember how you act in front of somebody. I'm not saying you don't change the way you deliver a message to different audiences, but what I'm saying is the message should still be the same.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Does, that, does that make sense?
0: Right. It's it's not difficult to remember what you've said, or because there's no there's no lie in it. There, right? Because you uh, you're you're telling everybody the same thing all the time. Um, it's when you have people who, it's yeah, it's that ball of yarn of oh, are we going to unravel that next lie? Are we going to unravel? Where's the? You're right, absolutely. And and you find that unfortunately in too many places where you go through the interview you're like wow this is going to be a great opportunity i'm so excited and then all of a sudden you start pulling at that thread and you're like wait a second they they bamboozled me they said that i was going to get to do this and i was going to get to do that and i was that's not what this is i wasn't told that i was going to have the responsibility of cleaning the toilets okay a little extreme but You know, it, and all of the sudden you're in a job that you had no idea what it was all about. You and I, what I think what we talked for the first time we spoke, we talked for over an hour. Over an hour. Um, yeah. I remember clearly I was sitting in my, um, before I had an office in my, in my own space, I was sitting in my husband's um, office. We talked and then all of the sudden it went to talking about our children. I won't go into the specifics of that. <laughs> um, we started talking about our children. I learned that you had four four children, and I was like, "Oh my god, this, you know, wow, okay." Well, I have one. Um, so obviously, you know, you have responsibilities that, that are going to pull you away occasionally. Because, hey, with one kid, I'm like, how do I balance? How do I balance work? How do I balance? And you do you you have. You know what? Just the other day, you're you're like, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna head out. I'm gonna go to a play, see my my son. Like that that is awesome because most employers would be like, nope, sorry, you have to ha- you have to take a half day. You know, and take your vacation time to do things like that. That I mean, that's ridiculous. It it you it's it's almost a punishment to have to go and participate. In your children's lives. For what? Because the employer wants to make sure that they're not, what, getting screwed out of an hour of of your work? This is the shift. This is the, the employees are finally standing up and saying, no. We're not, we're not. The negative thing is that you and I are in staffing. (laughs) And employees now hold all of the cards let's talk about that
1: (laughs) where do you want to start
0: oh yes (laughs) so you know having a cultural environment having a an, an amazing place to work is is one thing and offering that and now employees are getting smart you know I left a company where it's not a bad company I will not ever bash an employer and, um, you know, it's not a bad company. But some of the culture, some of the processes there were still behind the times. And um, I chose to move to something that was more comfortable for my situation. There are employees, there are a ton of people out there who are doing the same. And we work with clients that on a daily basis, we have to coach. It's a regular thing in our world, right? Clients who say, only on-site, we do not offer remote work. We do not offer hybrid um, or, yeah, a hybrid work environment. And employees will just flat out say, nope, I want remote or I want hybrid. I mean, these are real things. So, and then you have the employees who, you know, go from being $20 an hour to, eh, I want 30 So it's definitely a, a, a struggle, right?
1: Right. Absolutely. So what I'll tell you is I can't predict the future. I don't think many people can. But I know what the present is. So I don't know if remote work is here to stay. I know it's here now. Um, I'll tell you, as far as salary goes, pay goes, we've seen a drastic increase you know, over the last 18 months. In, an increase that is like a hockey stick on a graph. I, I've never seen this before. It's been 10 years in this business, 20 plus years in business. I've never seen salaries go up at this kind of a rate. I don't know if it's going to be like that forever, but I do know this. Life swings back and forth. pendulum and right now the pendulum is pegged about as far over as it can go in the candidates corner and so companies and employers are trying to figure out how to make it work for them too the pendulum will swing back Mm -hmm. it's come back i don't know how far back i don't know when but it will come back a little bit it's so important for all of us in this business to convey that message to our clients and our candidates, that no matter how many cards you hold today, it's gonna change. Treat people right now. Don't be, um, don't overplay your hand because if you ask for too much money, the second that that pendulum swings back, you're the first person they're cutting.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. And, And as much as you and I try to coach candidates on that, it falls on deaf ears, doesn't it?
1: And yeah, it can. But it's not our job to turn a no into a yes or to make people agree with everything we say. It's our job to give the best advice that we can and try to get two parties to meet and come to an agreement. So some people may hear us and some people won't. Try to put yourself in other person's shoes. If you had the chance to you know, make 30% more this year and you've got a family to feed and you've got bills to pay, You're going to probably explore that option and do everything you can to make it happen, no matter what a couple of people at Vaco are telling you. You're going to try.
0: Yes, I I completely agree with that. However, I'm I'm the long game. That's that's always the way I've been. If I had the opportunity to make thirty percent more for just a year at one company, or make ten percent more at another, or five percent more at another company for the next 10 years i'm i'm gonna go
1: for the the five percent more and stay for 10. that is exactly why i am so happy you're on my team because <laughs> you do you do play the long game you're looking at it pragmatically realistically and you've got a, a long-term goal in mind i wish no I, I shouldn't say i wish not everyone's like that that's not that's not the way it is and right the thing about the remote work and the hybrid work and looking for more money is it is out there and it is, it's is—it's attainable for people, but it's still work. You still have to produce. It's not a God given right to remote work and, and higher pay every year. You have to go earn it. Mm-hmm. If you earn it, it should come to you. The good thing about the market now is if you go earn it and it doesn't come to you, you have options you can leave that employer. If your employer is recognizing your worth, doesn't realize you're a grown-up, and you can go leave to go watch your fourth, four-year-old have a play without docking you for PTO and you're good at what you do, call me. I'll figure out another place for you because that's no one needs to be there. But if you're somebody who wants remote work so you can hide or so you don't have to necessarily produce because you don't want to get off the couch and work, we'll find you too. You know, reality catches up to you. You can't, you have to produce. This is an economy. This is a world where you have to constantly show your worth. Just because you did something great two years ago doesn't mean anything right now. Every year, every day, you got to give it all you've got and you should get the spoils for that work. And right now that includes higher pay and remote and hybrid flexibility. Those are on the table. And for many people, they're non-negotiable. So something you said, Vaco has the, you know, pillars.
0: You're talking about our core business tenants. I'm sorry, core business tenants. Um, and, and you kind of, you brought one of them up. It's, you know, play until the whistle. Um, and that's really something that we all, at, at least in our office, very much are, are very driven individuals. I don't know that any one of us, I think we all play until the whistle and then you know, the whole team has gone home and we're sitting on the field by ourselves still playing well. and going, why isn't anybody around? <laughs> uh, I mean, so you, you you brought that up and it's just, it's, we have a, a very interesting, um, you know, again, I, I just, I had to bring that up because I I think that that is, is starting to fade away in some of, there is a large generation of people out there that don't have that discipline, yet it seems that there is a younger generation coming in that, if given an opportunity, could be that great. And I, I bring this up because I, I, um, I talk a great deal about the generational changes, and, and, and this goes along with the cultural shift, is we have millennials constantly seem to be dodging responsibility but want more money more opportunity but then we have this new generation coming in that really want to be able to be great and work hard but we often find that employers are not giving them the opportunities that they deserve what are your thoughts on that
1: it's tough because there's a lot to You use the phrase unpack. There's a lot to unpack there. Mm-hmm. When you're talking about generations of people, there are characteristics and traits, I think that we can observe, but it's dangerous. Not I shouldn't say dangerous, that's a little dramatic. It's, it's, it's tough to paint them all with a big wide brush. know, yeah, so there, there are people that come in that are hard workers, that are millennials, there are leakers that are millennials, but there are a lot of baby boomers that shied away from responsibilities as well. I'm a Gen Xer and I'm telling you, if I could have made a living sitting on my couch and drinking beer, I'd have done that. You know, I, 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 unfortunately that I wasn't in the cards. I tried, it didn't work. So my thoughts on it, anybody listening out there, you are not owed an opportunity for anything. You're not owed anything. No one is going to give you it's shots. You got to go earn it and you've got to go prove it. If you're new to the workforce, you may not get the shiniest um, a project to do. You may not have as big of a voice at the conference room table. Guess what? You didn't deserve you don't deserve it. You didn't earn it. Go get it. If you don't get that voice over time, then you're in the wrong company. If you're putting, if you're playing till the whistle every single day, you are working hard, you are adding value, you're making the people around you better. That's important, making the people around you better. You should get your voice heard at the table. You should get the shiny projects. That's when you realize if you're in the right place or not. Walking through the door, come on. It's a new relationship. You're both trying to figure out if you're full of it or if you're telling the truth. You don't know yet. You've hired a lot of people in your, in your time doing staffing and You're never quite sure how that's going to go until after the first couple of weeks, the person's mm-hmm. at the club, they're doing work and you're getting feedback,
0: right? It's, you know, it's, it's
1: tough. It's a tough question to answer when you're talking about opportunities and, and what people want, because everyone's got a different point of view on that. My point of view is always the same. You don't deserve anything you earn. things. Thanks.
0: You know, and you said something that was really, um, it it was, I found fascinating. Um, If you are helping the people around you look good, you're raising them up. That was, I think, my turning point in my career. When I stopped focusing on how I looked and I started focusing on the people around me and how they looked and how I made and helped them look, Um, I think that we all – as a younger person we all focus too much on oh my god am i going to look bad in this situation as soon as you stop being selfish and you start going wait a second if i can make my manager look really good if i can make my coworkers look really good that is going to make me look really good and as soon as you get that you are you're good to go your 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 career is going to start to launch but that concept for the younger generation coming in they they don't quite get that yet that's that's the that's when careers start to launch is when they start to let go of the that selfishness and you start to realize oh it's not about me but it's a that's a human nature thing like sure. and and that's a growth thing of Oh, okay. It's not, it's not all about me. What do you mean? I, I thought I was the most important person in the room. You know, we all, you know, you're a kid, you grow up, you're still a kid. Your parents make you feel like you're the most special person in the room. Okay. Guess what? You're now in the real world. <laughs> you are not the most important person in the room.
1: When uh, I, I, Mike and I, Mike Schmidt is, is the recruiter, you know, and we've worked together since we started this office He and I used to try to, and this is a good exercise for people. This is tough to do. When you're having a conversation with someone, see if you can avoid using the word I throughout the entire conversation. I challenge people to try to do that. It is exceptionally difficult.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. You do that though, you realize that when you put the conversations focus on the person you're talking with, they have a better experience they will remember you fondly because you made them feel important. You made them feel seen. You made them feel heard. And when that happens, doors start to open for you because people want to be around you and when people want to be around you. You're going to end up being in the right room at the right time for the right opportunity. It just, it's a, it's a very, um, it's a cool thing, but it's a difficult thing to, to try to do. And
0: I- what, there's uh, Dale Carnegie, how to um, make friends and influence people, using people's names, making people or influencing people to talk about themselves and tell their stories versus walking into a room and saying, hey, let me tell you about me. People inherently want to talk about themselves. They feel good when they get to tell you how they're doing. If you walk into a conference room and the person you're meeting with does 75% of the talking, they will walk out of that room feeling amazing. I used to, um, especially when the pandemic hit, uh, after we started meeting in person again for a while, I I would walk out. It would be a two-hour meeting and I'd walk out and go, oh my gosh, I think I've become a counselor. Because... And, and and again and i'm not picking on i'm not picking on anybody but nobody was having in person meetings right so you would go and meet with an hr person and they would just oh oh my gosh i have to tell you what's going on and they would tell you everything that's happened at the company everything that they had to do everything you know all of the responsibility that got laid on them because of the pandemic and furloughing people and having to get the benefits and all of that stuff organized, and you realize that two hours have gone. Two hours have gone by. You've barely said a word. You know everything about this person, everything about their life, everything that's going on at the company, and they're saying, "So can you at least get me like fifteen, twenty people by the end of next week?" And you're like, "Sure, yeah, sure, yeah, I can do that." And you're like, I didn't even ask for the business. I just walked in and just listened to him
1: talk. You can ask insightful questions for people and and try to make them feel like what they're saying is important. Mm -hmm. Everything, everything tends to go your way. There was a saying, no idea who said it. I like to repeat it and pretend I made it up. But it goes something like this. A wise person once said nothing yeah that's it you don't always have to be the one talking listen listen more than you talk and you just might learn something
0: absolutely absolutely and it's funny I had I I had a a rough go of it when I was younger because one bipolar disorder when you're a manic you have a tendency to say every single thing that's in your brain at the moment it's in your brain and because you're basically have you know being bombarded constantly with every like thoughts at hyperspeed it's hard to even make sense sometimes and I remember my parents would be like I would walk into their house and I would literally just word vomit on them and they'd be like oh my god like uh, you know and eventually it would get to the point where they'd go okay okay it's quiet time now you need to stop and I'm just like what do you mean and just rambling on and my parents were just like like you've been here for an hour and you've literally not stopped speaking and I'm like oh yeah yeah well you know I've got a lot to say you need to catch up and it's like yeah but you're not even like you're not even having a conversation you're just talking
1: Overcome so much that's that's (laughs) something like Gosh, Leanne, just hearing you saying what you've overcome—that's an inspiring story to tell. And that's people have to recognize: you don't learn when things are going well; you learn during the hard times. That's that's when life's truths kind of smack you in the the face. And you shared something there that was that was very very powerful.
0: Well, and and that's and and well, and that's the reality. We all we all learn we all have the capacity and the ability to learn something new every day, but we need to shut our mouths and listen because we're not going to learn something if we're the ones talking. Right. And here I am saying, Hey, shut your mouth and listen. And and I'm, you know, the (laughs) podcast host. Right. But that, that is the reality is that the only way we learn something is if we, if we listen and I love the saying, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. I, I absolutely love that saying. So I love to surround myself with smarter people. I want to soak up as much knowledge as I possibly can every single day, and that is my goal. Because it'll help raise me up. It'll help connect me to the right people. It'll help just continue to, and it's not even about launching my career, it's, it's more about self awareness, growth, and from there, if you're continuing to do that, everything else falls in place, your business, your life, your family.
1: Yeah, when you do that, but but you said that's so true. When you're learning, when you're looking to learn, what it causes you to do is to be present in the moment. It causes you to give everything you've got to the person you're talking to at the time. You're listening to them. You're engaged with them. I think when you're our presence like that, where you're actively participating in your life moment to moment, it slows time down. Mm-hmm. Time down by so fast. You're not just a passenger on the train. You're actually engaged with what's going on. And that's something that I'm still learning how to do it. It's it's a it's a hard thing because you have thoughts, you have things you want to say, you have an agenda, you've got things you need to get done. And Focusing on being present in the moment is something I struggle with, but it's something I'm working on because I know it's going to, it's going to in, increase my happiness quotient. And I, I say, if, if we can, if we can all do that in our home lives and our work lives with our clients, whatever it might be, I think i we'd all be a whole lot happier. He, okay. So here I'm going to throw the, I'm throw you for a loop here.
0: You say, mm-hmm. you know, time goes by so fast. All right. Well, spend a weekend with just you and your kids tell your wife to go. I guarantee that will be the longest weekend of your life. <laughs>
1: <Wow>. For sure. <laughs> you, want, you want the weekends to go by really, really slow. <laughs> wipe off for a spa vacation. <laughs> Take care of the four kids. Right. Yes. My, yeah. my,
0: I said, my brother says to me, and, and it's so true. Um, days are long, but years are short. And and it's totally, totally true when it, when you're a parent, um, there are some day. I love my daughter. She is the most amazing thing in the
1: entire world. She is, she is a doll. Yeah. She's adorable.
0: <laughs> she's, but man, she, every single day, there is a moment where I have to walk out of the room and self-talk of, you're going to be fine. You're going to get through this. You're not going to you're not gonna throw her out the door. You're not gonna. <laughs> you're not gonna lock her in a closet so that you can go and do a shot of whiskey. Or <laughs> you're you're gonna get through this, Leanne. Um Because kids, they they definitely. If if you're not an adult and you want to start adulting, um, go babys. You know, go babysit somebody's child for an, a weekend. You yeah. know, like. They will push every button that you possibly have and they will push you to the limit. And I have one, you have four.
1: And so what four, seven. So yeah, the, the ages I've got, my three oldest are are all boys. My sons are 10 in fourth grade. I have an eight year old. He's in second grade. I have a four year old who's in 4k. See how that works. He's the one that dressed like a lion in the play yesterday. And then my wife and I thank God had a daughter. Um. So she's not outnumbered quite so bad anymore. And our daughter is eight months old.
0: Yeah, that, <laughs> sorry.
1: <laughs> and I'm 110 years old. So you're, it's very hard to have a young, young baby at home.
0: You're insane. I just want to put
1: that out there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm insane. I have a very good partner. My wife is, she's like Wonder Woman and every superhero rolled into one and that's that's how we we get by. She's yeah. fantastic.
0: And that's that's awesome. And that's part of the reason that you and connected so well when we first talked because I wanted to work with somebody who understood real life. And and you do. You understand that life happens and you yeah, you just you get it. You get that we don't come to work because we want to work or we want to yeah live to work. We, we come to, to work because we want to be able to live. But you also create an environment that is fun, that we can be proud of the team that we're part of. And that's awesome. So thank you, thank you for that. And that brings me to um, my final question, the question of the season. If you could pinpoint a time period in your career that made a huge difference in your life or career path, when would that be and why?
1: Yeah, I've been thinking about that since you posed that question because it's a thought provoking question. It's fantastic. And for me, it is at the point of my biggest failure is when my business failed is when I, it was, it was 2012 and I had a, a business, I had employees And it failed. I could not make it work. I had to close the store. I could not keep my people employed. And that taught me so much. And in the moment, it was hell. I I wanted it to go away. I just wanted it to be fixed. But it taught me to be very conservative in what I promise. And in what I promise, make sure I can deliver it taught me that success is not guaranteed. You're not owed anything. Even if you worked really, really hard and tried really, really hard, you still aren't guaranteed success. I never thought of it that way before. I thought, well, if I work hard and do things right, it's going to all work out. That's true eventually, but it's not true every time. I didn't know that before 2020, 2012. And Leanne, I... I mean, I was in my 30s at that point. I was a 30 year old man with a business that still had so much more to learn. That failure is what set me on the path to being here with you today. I never would have moved back to Wisconsin and worked at Robert Half. Baco never would have knocked at my door if I wasn't heading up one of Robert Half's biggest offices in Milwaukee. All of these things happened, but in the moment, it was hell. But once you walk through it, you realize all the different things you learn if you're going through hell once you're out you better make sure you inventory all the things you learn otherwise it' was a complete waste of time
0: wow you couldn't have said that better and and you would you made a comment um just a, just a little while ago that it is the hard times when we learn the most and and that's absolutely true it's not that we can't learn during the the great times but it It is definitely during the times when we are struggling and if we're not learning from that, you're right. It's a complete waste of time and it would be devastating to not learn from that and to do it and and make that same mistake. And that's, you know, why as parents, it's so painful to watch our children fall and not Be able to tell them, hey, don't do that. You're going to hurt yourself. But sometimes you have to let them fall in order to truly learn. We have to experience life in order to truly learn the hard lessons so that we become who we are now. You had to experience that in order to become who you are now and to manage the way that you manage now, which is. It's amazing. Thank you. Um, My. My dad retired and I'll just really quickly, my dad retired. And when he did retire, he was, um, it was during the pandemic and and everybody's like, you're not going to have a party. And my dad's like, no, instead of that, I want everybody to send me a card and write me a letter. He gave me those letters to read. I, um, at times was crying. I realized in that moment that being a manager to people, is one of the greatest gifts being a good manager to people was one of the greatest gifts that you can possibly have because in those letters not only was he managing them in a job he was a dad to hundreds of people throughout his career he was being thanked for saving people you know people's homes you know you you brought my mother in and she made a career here You know, a son went into the business. Those are the types of things that have an impact that last a lifetime.
1: I want to meet your dad.
0: I have met people who've known him, who refer to him as a legend. But it wasn't until I was in my upper 30s, 40s, that I realized the kind of impact that he had on the people he knew. I will introduce you one day if you would like. I'd
1: like that very much.
0: So, Brian, if somebody wants to get in contact with you or Vaco, how would they go about doing that?
1: You know, probably the easiest way it would you know, maybe go on to Vaco's website, Vaco.com, and then look up our Milwaukee office. Click on our pictures. We're all we're all there. Um, that way you can also get the spelling of my last name. You can find me on LinkedIn. Um And then my, my email address is my first initial last name at Baco.com. If you can figure all that out, hit me up and I'll, I'll always answer.
0: And that'll be in the show notes. So if you can't figure it out, it's, it's pretty sad. (laughs) 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 Brian, thank you so much. This has been an awesome conversation. I really appreciate your time today.
1: Thank you for having me, Leanne. You're doing great work and you're really, really good at this. I'm just so I'm grateful that you're on my team because I learn from you every day. And this is this is one of those times. So thanks for this opportunity.
0: Yeah, thank you. Thank you again for listening to Let's Talk HR. I appreciate your time and support. Without you, the audience, this would not be possible. So don't forget that if you enjoyed this episode to follow us, like us or share us. Have a wonderful day.